Hello and welcome to the World Podcast with me, Gareth A. Davis. Coming up on this week's show, I'm joined by Densign White, the newly appointed CEO of the IMMAF, the International Mixed Martial Arts Federation. Densign, of course, formerly a judo player, uh, very high-ranking administrator with British judo, brought in many changes, which he says he's going to have to do in mixed martial arts administration as well. It's fascinating stuff. Also, of course, uh, him being from a judo background, he talks about the UFC being forced to withdraw by the International Judo Federation from its sponsorship of the European Championships, uh, hosted by the British Judo Federation uh, in Glasgow, coming up in April. Um, some fantastically uh, interesting insights from Densign on that. And also, he talks to him about the changes that need to be made, he believes, in MMA, but also about how the sport really does radically need to sign up for WADA testing and doping control and Olympic testing. It's fascinating stuff. Here's what he had to tell me. MMA is uh, something new to me. Uh, I obviously have a, a, a more in-depth understanding of judo. Uh, but I'm on a little bit of a learning curve as far as MMA is concerned. And, uh, you know, we're currently planning for the World Championships and there's a hell of a lot that's different about planning for a World MMA Championships than uh, for a, a major judo event. But uh, in terms of uh, governance issues, um, it, it's, more, it's pretty much the same stuff that needs to be addressed. Uh, that I need, needed to address when I was chairman of British Judo. Um, so one of the things we're trying to do with, with IMAF at the moment is to uh, get a general assembly this year in July, try and invite all of our members to attend. We want to start to elect directors to the board, which hasn't happened so far. Uh, the people that are on the board were the people that more or less formed IMAF. It's just it's a very young organisation, just three years of age. Um, so we need to just uh, get democratise the, 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 the federation, get elections going, uh, give directors uh, fixed terms of office. Um, we obviously need to have properly audited accounts um, that uh, are presented to uh, the General Assembly and approved. Um, and uh, you know, we need to get other areas that haven't been addressed, such as uh, education for coaches, education for judges and referees. And we're currently in the process of uh, creating a progression scheme, uh, which will uh, be an opportunity for individuals in all of our member federations to um, basically go through a progression scheme so it, it's kind of a motivational uh, scheme that takes them through different levels uh, as they improve they move through different different colors of uh, wristbands as opposed to belts um, and so this is uh, this, the sort of thing that we we need to develop um, to move the uh, federation forward of course British judo has had a lot of that stuff in place for the the past uh, 40 years um, and over that time obviously it's changed and evolved um, but this is a, a new organization that needs to get some of those fundamental uh, things in place so um obviously you'll, you'll know um the, you know the judo world intimately um 
you know, and and, and obviously um, the, the 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 news at the moment, of course, uh, that's quite prevalent is the fact that you know the UFC have been kind of forced to withdraw, if you like, having been rejected by the uh, the world's governing body or the European uh, or the world governing body over the European Championships being sponsored and overseen by British judo. Um, with the UFC as a sponsor in in Glasgow, w- were you surprised by that? Uh, not entirely, not entirely surprised. I'm disappointed that they have reached, uh, you know, that decision. Um, but I'm not entirely surprised because um, that's been the kind of mood music. Um, over the, the the past few months, there's been lots of uh, comment from the European Judo Union and from the International Judo Federation uh, president and others um, that they don't want any uh, association with MMA uh, and UFC specifically. And uh, do you, do you know why, Densoin? Uh Well, um, I can only tell you what they have said to me which is that they don't think that MMA and UFC specifically have uh, the same uh, share the same values as judo um, in terms of um, you know its morality, its moral code um, its its rules uh, the way that its competitions are organized and, and, and the actual rules of the competition as well. They just see it as something that's very, very violent, um, equivalent to street fighting. Um, and it doesn't have the educational value, uh, the moral code that judo expounds for its young, for its young people. So um, those are the reasons. And they see it very much as a commercial vehicle not really interested in, um, you know, it's uh, a social responsibility. Do, do you think that, um, that, that, that the aligning of the UFC as kind of uh, sponsors of the event was could always have run into hot water anyway? I mean, do you, what was that, were they just putting their name to it or, you know, were they actually helping to, to, to fund the, the staging of it? No, the, the, the funding of the event was uh, primarily coming from UK sport. Um, I was involved originally with the uh, bid that uh, was made to the European Judo Union uh, two years ago. And, and for anyone listening, of course, that if they don't know what UK sport is, that is the, uh, the lottery-funded money um, and exchequer money that comes from the government that goes into the coffers at UK Sport that funds all our Olympic and Paralympic uh, athletes at an elite level and, and, and mainstream events leading toward those, towards those major competitions, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. And uh, this was going to be uh, an Olympic uh, um, Olympic qualification uh, competition, <coughs> which would have given <coughs> the British athletes um, home advantage and opportunity to get points uh, on the path to uh, the Rio Olympics. So what was the UFC role in it? Were they going to, were they just putting their name to it or? Well, I think, I, <clears throat> I don't know the specifics of the, of the sponsorship, um, but I think there was an agreement 
between the British Judo and Association and the UFC, that UFC would have um, a supporting role. Um, they'd, they'd, you know, they'd uh, help with um, more exposure for, for Judo through Fight Pass, perhaps, um, and uh, you know, some of their outlets like their Facebook, mm. uh, where they have 15 million uh, followers on Facebook. Uh, fight pass which goes out to 120 uh, countries um, I mean that level of exposure the sport of judo uh, rarely gets um, and I mean in exchange for that I think BJ were going to give some advertising opportunities to UFC for sports for the um, for their fitness uh, program mm. uh, that they've recently um, launched um, and uh, basically that was it. I think it was just some advertising inside the arena and outside of the arena. The, the fact that it's come to, to to light at the moment, it's, that's that's not anything to do with the recent, um, you know, Hector Lombard testing positive for PEDs or Anderson Silva. Do you think any of these things had a bearing on on the the, the you know the world judo? A body, the, the International Judo Federation? No, I don't think it had any bearing at all. Um, drugs um, in sport is not not uh, something that's just unique uh, to UFC. Mm. Um, all sports, all Olympic sports have drug issues. Um, so I don't think that's got any... It's just happened to come at this time when they've just been those high-profile... I mean, this... this uh, <clears throat> The IGF and the European Judo Union have been expressing for some time their um, dislike of UFC and MMA and any association of that sport with judo. Were you surprised last year when, um, when you talk of the president, do you mean Jean-Luc Rouge? Well, he's not the president. No, he's the general secretary, isn't he? He's the general secretary of the International Judo Federation. But but last year, obviously, we, we know last year it's kind of historically out there that he that that uh, that uh, a letter from the um, from the I, IJF went out to most of the affiliated judo schools around the world. In fact, that uh, that uh, those affiliated should not or should be telling their athletes who want to compete in. In, in IJF competitions throughout the world that uh, if they took part in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or MMA competitions they, they would not be able to take part in IJF competitions Well I think it was wider than that I think the, the exact wording was uh, combat other combat sports if my memory serves me correctly yeah. which is quite a, a, right, yeah. a wide spectrum So it would include Muay Thai and boxing and everything really Yeah and Sambo wrestling and yeah. surprisingly uh, Judo the IGF signed a, an agreement uh, with, with Sambo wrestling last year um, to, to support Sambo wrestling to become an Olympic sport Right, uh, right and uh, which He's really surprising. So it goes against that goes against what they were actually voting for in, in, in terms of their membership. And, and sambo wrestling has uh, combat cam, combat sambo, which in effect is MMA. They're doing kicking and punching. Mm, mm. So in effect, that is MMA. Um, so that was really surprising, and that agreement is still in place between the IGF and uh, sambo. When you when you were obviously you've been very involved in judo for many years. 
Yeah. When, when you were on the other side of the bridge, if you like, I call it the other side of the bridge, but when, yeah. you, were, when you were kind of embedded in, in, in judo and very involved in it, was there ever talk, you know, amongst officials um, that you were involved with or what, 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 was there a general, did people talk about MMA uh, or the UFC in a kind of disparaging way or, or, or does it just differ from, from person to person? Uh, I think there wasn't a lot of talk about it uh, during my time uh, as an uh, executive member of the European uh, Judo Union. I was head sports director for four years. I hardly ever heard anyone mention UFC or MMA at all. It wasn't a topic of discussion at all. Um, and uh, uh, I don't know why it suddenly has become uh, a big issue. Uh, they talk about cross-contamination. They, they, they're concerned about losing uh, their, best, their best athletes to UFC. But this is really an exaggeration of what's happening on the re in reality. <coughs> yeah. The only judoka uh, who's really made that crossover is Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of any other judoka that has made that uh, transfer successfully. Uh, and why shouldn't there be a pathway for people in whatever core sport they're doing, why shouldn't there be an opportunity for them once they're approaching the end of their career and they realize that they don't have another Olympics in them, for example. Um, they're past their peak. They're in the twilight of their, of their career as a judoka or as a taekwondo or whatever it is they do. Why shouldn't they then be allowed to look to uh, cut out a career in MMA if they want to? Now, it's funny you say that because I've got Gemma Gibbons on record. Obviously, Gemma uh, Gibbons, the, uh, the, the Olympic silver medalist from the London 2012 Games. Yes. Uh, Gemma um, fought Ronda a couple of times uh, when they were both uh, in judo. And, and Gemma even said to me that post-Rio, that's obviously after 2016, she may consider going into uh, into MMA it's it's an idea in her mind and and that's exactly what you've just spelt out yeah well uh, you know there are many many judo judo players that are maybe considering doing that but they you know they 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 having to keep it to themselves because otherwise there's a risk of them being um, banned from competing in IJF world ranking events, which was, which was actually the threat that you were alluding to just a few moments ago, uh, when the IJF put this letter out uh, warning people that if they took part in any combat sports, they wouldn't be allowed to participate in world ranking events, which of course you need to do to get the points to qualify for Rio. And, and, but there's one reason very often why, you know, Gemma Gibbons loves judo. You and Burton, her husband now, you know, trained the Scotland team, competed for Scotland yeah. at the Commonwealth Games. They've been together forever. They are completely and utterly besotted and embedded in the sport, have been all their adult lives. And even, of course, Gemma was as a, and Ewan rather, were all the way through their teens. The only reason they want to cross over afterwards to, to this professional sport, if, if you like, is perhaps to make a bit of money from their fighting skills. Of course. Why shouldn't they? Why shouldn't they? They've committed their whole lives to... Uh, judo, which is a purely amateur sport, there's, you, there's no judo player who's competing who's really making a living from it. Uh, you know, very, very few. 
uh, and make make money. Um, you know, you could probably count them on one hand that have done well. Um, some of the Russian athletes were given bonus payments of one million dollars after the London Olympics. Wow. Uh, Teddy Reiner, the world heavyweight champion from France, has an, a deal with Adidas, and he, he's being very well supported by them. But, but aside from that, no one else is making anything. Um, many of them are sacrificing a career. They don't have jobs. They've sacrificed education uh, so that they can pursue their judo career and give it a full, full commitment. Um, the whole thing is just, uh, an, it's, it's really hysterical what's happening. It's really over the top and it's disproportionate to, to any perceived just a perceived uh, problem that isn't really there, in my opinion. And frankly, a lot of the athletes that are competing, especially from Eastern Europe, come from wrestling backgrounds, come from Sambo or some other Eastern wrestling style, mm. and, and probably are still doing that, still participating in those sports to supplement their judo training. As, as someone who obviously clearly knows both the judo world and is obviously learning about the MMA world. Yeah. So what you seem to have highlighted so far is that there's perhaps a suspicion of the sport. There's a lack of understanding about the sport, but also perhaps there's a, a something of a suspicion about its commerciality, perhaps you're hinting at as well. Well, yes, I think that all of those things apply. Um, maybe there's a fear as well. But what, that it taints judo or that judo players will, people won't go into judo anymore because they'll be, the youngsters will be drawn to mixed martial arts or... Yeah, well, I think it's because of the, they, they might fear that they, 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 uh, the popularity of judo will diminish if MMA keeps on uh, moving at the rate it's doing in terms of its popularity. Do you, do you disagree with that, though? Because we people forget how, just how popular judo is. It's huge. Isn't it? I think maybe there is a fear that, uh, you know, if, if MMA keeps on growing at this rate, they're going to get less and less TV um, and less and less uh, spectators coming to watch uh, judo events, which is all, already a problem. You know, getting bombs on seats to watch judo events, even from dedicated judo people, is a real uh, difficult task. And getting TV coverage is difficult. I mean, Judo really only gets TV coverage around the time of the Olympics. Uh, and outside of that, it's very, very difficult. It's very, very difficult. Except in countries where it's extremely popular, like uh, Georgia, like in Russia. Um, France? To a, to a lesser extent in, 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 in uh, France as well. Mm -hmm. Well, they have a very powerful lobby. I mean, obviously, I've mentioned Jean-Luc uh, Rouge. Who is the president and how powerful is his lobby? The president of the IGF, do you mean? Yes. Uh, Marius Visa, he's the president of the IGF. He's also the president of Sport Accord. And, and how powerful is his lobby globally? Well, very powerful. Uh, you don't reach uh, the position he has uh, as president of the IGF and now president of Sport Accord, uh, which is a global organisation uh, of all the National Olympic Committees and uh, international federations. Uh, it's quite a powerful, uh, it's a very powerful position uh, that, he, that he's holding presently. Do you, do you think that, 
it's also a personal crusade for these guys? Uh, yes, it could be. could be a personal crusade. Uh, it's difficult to tell. You're in a position where, for example, you, 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 may, you may or may not be wanting to implement this. Judo, of course, I mean, like you said, there are, there are PED issues, drugs issues, dope, doping issues in all sports. Yeah. Um, but obviously, judo um, it, it is signed up to the WADA code. It, they, they, they have Olympic level testing, which for anyone also listening again means that it's random drug testing. People can need to have to give the schedules of where they're going to be broadly in their training patterns in and out of competition. And they can be asked to do a sample, a urine sample on an hour's notice, can't they? Yes, they can. Um, do you think mixed martial arts needs to do this obviously i mentioned these high profile cases recently with hector lombard and and anderson silver who are two huge names in the sport and obviously there's a long list of of people who who have been punished before for doing this do you think it would help mixed martial arts for the major fight organizations to sign up uh, unilaterally to uh, to WADA and to Olympic level testing because then there's clearly uh, a, a step up in level in terms of how athletes are then going to be tested and not just by the commissions in America or the ad hoc commissions that are created through Las Vegas for example for, for, for British events or through, the, the, through different European uh, governing bodies for MMA yeah, Absolutely I think I think they do need to sign up uh, to the WADA code and comply fully with uh, with that code and uh, adhere to it in the same way as you've just described that Olympic athletes have to do with the uh, Adams and uh, whereabouts system, um, which, you know, is the only way to make sure that athletes uh, compete on a level playing field. Yeah, but, all, but so it's in, in a sense that, because it, it seems to have come to a point where um, if, if MMA is going to grow as a sport per se, yeah. um, and organisations, fight organisations are going to flurry, flourish within that sport, yes. having that, as you say, drugs cheats being eradicated, but at the same time, you know, showing from the inside out that the sport is being tested at the same level as every other sport, do you yeah. think that is a huge advancement for, the, for, for mixed martial arts? Definitely. Definitely, and it would it would improve the credibility of the sport. Right now, because of the re the recent uh, stories that have come out, um, the, the recent positive test, it doesn't look good, uh, and it's clearly uh, going to be damaging for the sport if it's not seen to be getting its house in order. Uh, so that that is something that needs to be addressed as soon as possible. It's actually one of the things that I have on my desk to try and get INA uh, as a signatory to the WADA uh, code. Uh, and I'm working on that at the moment, supplying lots of information to, to WADA. But uh, it's a lot of, one of the problems is the cost of uh, doing out-of-competition testing. Uh, if you can imagine, you've got a global organization, you've got athletes all over the world um, and they need to be. They could be tested at any time. Um, 
the, the cost of that comes back to the federation. We're not an Olympic sport. Um, so, you know, judo, for example, in the UK, their testing would be paid for by UK sport, and as all the Olympic sports are. But we, as a small organization with limited uh, resources, would have to pay for those tests, and it's, that's not a cheap exercise. Uh, I mean, the, the test can, uh, one single test can cost anything up to six or seven hundred dollars. Mm. But, but in many ways, uh, the, the mere fact that um, the, 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 the sport and the organisations and every athlete assigned to it is signed up to that testing yeah. uh, at least means that um, you've got that kind of, um, as you say, that, that, that levelling out, that, that complete, you've got that flat line where you know that it's in place. I mean, yeah. what, what, you know, just, just to go back just for a second to um, the, 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 the UFC. I know you said it's, you don't think it's connected um, that what's happened recently with Hector Lombard and Anderson Silva with uh, British Judo being unable to have the UFC as a sponsor of the European Championships being staged here. Um, but if there was this testing process, do you think it might ease some of the thoughts that some people within judo might have of what MMA is or isn't? Uh, I, I honestly don't believe it would have any significant difference, uh, right. make any significant difference to their opinion of MMA. Is it, you mean in the same way that the, the British Boxing Board of Control never wanted to have a, a kind of a, a, a a, 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 an adjunct, if you like, a joined-on arm, which was MMA, they were never desirous of doing that when Mark Ratner from the UFC wants to try and create a, a, an arm within within the British Boxing Board of Control. I don't know if you're aware of that, but you know they, they had the same kind of suspicion about it, but just w wouldn't buy into the idea. Yes, I think a lot of the traditional sports like boxing, like judo, are very independent and and don't really like attaching themselves to other sports. Um, and I think the IGF and the EJU are very wary, especially of any association with uh, MMA. And that's the warning that was put out at the Congress, which happened just in November, um, which predates anything that's just happened recently with the drug issue. You know, this, they, they, the IGF president said at the Congress that, you know, none of its members have any association with MMA or the UFC. When you, um, when you obviously have come into this, have you been kind of surprised or, or, or taken aback yourself at the sport of MMA, uh, you know, by the things you've learnt already, the, the things that you will have learnt about it, the, the people you've come across. Um, you know, you, you, you've been in the job a little while now. How do you find it? Uh, well, it's been difficult uh, <laughs> sometimes to get things moving in uh, a particular direction that I would like things to go in. Um, there are pockets of resistance within MMA um, that don't want change. Uh, they don't want regulation. It's almost like MMA is a sport that should be unregulated. Um, they don't want coaching qualifications. Um, they don't want a progression scheme or a grading scheme. 
Um, when you when you say they, who are you talking about here? Smaller organisations or? I'm talking. I'm talking about organisations and individuals. Right. You know, and it's been said to me, um, the MMA community won't like it if you try to implement that. Uh, and I've, there's been one or two prominent countries that have said, if you put in place a progression scheme, we're not taking part in it. Is the problem with this, Densign, that this attitude will create a disaster for the sport as it goes on, though? Uh, I think it might do. I think there needs to be a change of mindset mm. um, of some of the people. Uh, and accept that, you know, in this day and age, you, you can't be outside of the mainstream. Other sports are expected to um, qualify their coaches, um, which is driven by government. And people that go into sports and bring their children to be taught, especially a combat sport, want to know that it's safe, yeah. that the people that are delivering that coaching are qualified have had child protection uh, training, have done first aid training, you know, have their coaching qualifications revalidated uh, periodically. Yeah. Um, That's normal. I don't consider that to be anything really radical, but to some people within the MMA community, that's that's a radical change. Wow. Why should we have anyone coming along and telling us what to do and how to coach? That's their attitude. Yeah, yeah. Why should we even do a coaching qualification? The the, the, the head of the UK uh, or the EMEA uh, UFC office, David Allen, um, gave an interview recently in, recently in which he said that you know um, the UFC is a, is, a, is also aligning itself with the British Combat Sports Federation um, and want to be recognised down the line by Sport England. Um, does IAAMF subscribe to the British Combat Sports Federation as well? Yeah, the, it's the an excellent idea um, because once it's recognised by government, um, you don't have the problems that UFC are having with France, for example, where they can't go in there and put events on because there isn't a body there that's recognised by the government or by the sports ministry. Uh, there isn't a sanctioning body for MMA events to take place. And that is quite a a prevalent problem around uh, the world. How how big a struggle, how long a process, you know, you've been in, you you know what these committee rooms are like, Um, you know, how long a process, how much of a struggle will it be for MMA, the UFC, the, the Combat Sports Federation, if you like, that uh, to be recognised uh, and go on board with, with Sport England, do you think, in your experience? Well, I think, I think it will take no time at all here. It's actually gone very, very well. It was something which was driven by Sport England. Uh, that's something that they desired. They wanted to have a body uh, that represented combat sports. Yeah. And uh, brought brought those people together to talk about how to develop combat sports going forward. But presumably MMA has to sit in the same room as judo there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they would. Yeah. The, the, the problem uh, of MMA and judo uh, collaborating or supporting each other uh, isn't an issue in the UK. Uh, but it is an issue in other countries. 
and clearly it's an, it, it is an issue for the international judo bodies. Well, it's fascinating stuff. I, it sounds like it's going to be some journey for you. Yeah, it's going to be difficult work, but I'm really uh, excited about uh, doing this job, about moving MMA forward. There what made you do it, Densine? Sorry? What made, you, what made you want to do it? Had you seen the sport developing and thought, I want a challenge, or had you already accepted it... Uh, uh, before you'd stepped into the to, to knowing what was involved yeah I, I pretty much I wasn't fully aware of what was involved uh, I was offered the opportunity to work with MMA and I, and I, I accepted it um, but uh, I've never been a person that shied away from a challenge when I started with the British Judo Association back in 2001 uh, that was a huge challenge uh, we had to change the sport uh, change governance uh, situation there and a lot of the things that I'm doing now are what I had to start doing with British Judo 12 years ago Yeah. Um, but without the perceptions of it perhaps as well though without the perceptions that's the, that's the difference we, you know we didn't have these blockages uh, and walls being put up um, you know there, was, there were willing partners um, whereas now we're getting resistance here and there and even within the sport I'm getting resistance for some of the things that I would like to do but you know it's a work in progress uh, you, you, you've just got to keep chipping away and, uh, and and getting battered from all sides by the sound of it <laughs> you just keep chipping away and just talking to people and trying to persuade them that this is the direction of travel that we need to if we want to be accepted if MMA wants to be accepted this is what has to happen if you don't want to accept it, then we can carry on uh, having the situation we have now where the sport is getting bashed, uh, people calling it barbaric and it's unregulated. And, you know, if somebody gets hurt, seriously hurt in the octagon, you know, and we get more of these uh, drug stories coming out, um, the sport is going to really suffer and it's going to go backwards. Fascinating stuff, Densine. Great thanks to you for joining me on, on, on the podcast. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Gareth. Well, that's incredible stuff there from Densine. Fascinating insight into what's going on behind the scenes and the problems there with judo. And perhaps uh, an independent voice on what MMA really needs to do right now to get itself onto a level playing field and further its cause as a sport. Um, also, I've got to say, over the weekend, a fantastic performance too by Benson Henderson in Broomfield, Colorado. I thought he looked fantastic against Brandon Thatch. Whether the storm in the first two rounds came back beautifully in rounds three and four, um, and he really does um, look like a guy who could contend at welterweight, although I'm not sure right now that Rory McDonald is the right man for his second UFC fight at welterweight. You've been listening to the World Podcast. I'm Gareth A. Davis. We'll see you next week.